Welcome, beautiful soul, to the Intuitively Connected podcast. I am your host, Riley June. I am honored to be your intuition master coach and empowerment leader who has spent the past half a decade perfecting a method to walk you through deep cellular transformation so that you no longer need healers to help you thrive in your life. I have had the honor of supporting thousands of women across the world and watching them move through deep transformations from finding themselves, ridding the limiting beliefs and hurt of their past, finding that deep soul intuitive connection that we all desire and seek, and having them walk away a more empowered and connected version of themselves, thriving in so many different ways. This podcast is here to bust down the new age deceptive, manipulative energy tactics that are often found in the spiritual industry, sharing credible guests transforming lives with specialized gifts and modalities to not only equip you with the knowledge of what to do, but to inspire you to take that action so that you can rise and thrive now and in your future too. From intuition, faith, mindset, emotional intelligence, physical care, and so much more, this weekly dropping podcast every Monday will give you the dose of knowledge you have been praying for. It's time to get you intuitively connected now. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to another episode. This is going to be a really fiery one. I had actually originally recorded this last night and it just didn't quite sit well with me in the way that I want to deliver this. Now, understand going into this episode, there are going to be many triggers and very likely it's either because you disagree or because there's something unsettled within you that you struggle to voice your own maybe similar belief uh, about and with other people. So you don't have to agree with everything that I say, but what I am going to share with you is some very obvious truths and some problems that I see within this industry that could be harming you on your personal and spiritual development, but also that are out of integrity for people who are preaching certain things that we're going to talk about today. I'm going to share a lot of things that, like I said, might you might disagree with, but really sit with understanding that just because you disagree, it doesn't mean it's not true. I'm going to share some actual research-based facts that you can go and check out, and I encourage you to go and check out in the link below to certain things that I share with you today. And the reason that I want to back this with research is because we're so quick to say things without having actually any justification for it, or we're so quick to lead with our emotions and our opinions without having any knowledge of why we actually feel that way. We just don't like it, but that's not a good enough reason for us to just adopt a belief that actually could not be true. So this episode is going to be all about integrity and things that I see that just absolutely grind my gears. I'm also going to share stories of where I was out of integrity so that you can understand that this isn't just me trying to shit on you in your life or other people's lives, but that we're all imperfect and we all have an opportunity to higher educate ourselves and course correct and just genuinely do better. And most importantly, some of those things are actually just communicating, communicating values, challenging others to really look within what they're doing and what they're saying and 
that is scary and that is hard to do. And equally for me in putting out this podcast, because it's going to be very honest and very raw and very real and know that going into it, you don't have to agree with me, but that doesn't make what I'm saying not true. So there's a difference, right? Okay. Before we get into any of that, I want to talk about the Christmas love project, because this is something that is very near and dear to my heart that we have been doing together now for a fourth year, which is super exciting. So the Christmas love project all started because when my husband was going through his multitudes of heart surgeries and strokes and heart attacks and trauma, and my son was going through, or I was going through having a son and his heart surgeries in the midst of all of that, it was the wildest two years of my life ever. And I'm still processing some of it three, four years out. So know that healing is truly a journey. It's not an overnight thing. And sometimes excuse me, healing doesn't just happen um, within one year either. The more you evolve within yourself, which we're going to talk about at the end, and that's finding in your next level of purpose, the more you are evolving yourself and ready to take next steps forward in whatever capacity that is, maybe communicating with stronger boundaries, maybe going for things that you wouldn't have gone for before, but they're um, something you're willing to put on a vision board. Maybe it's actually doubling down on worth at work ethic. Like there's so many different ways that this can apply when it comes to finding your next level of you and uncovering your next level of purpose. So I'm really excited to get into that. But going back to the Christmas love project, as I was going through a lot of that trauma and a lot of those circumstances, I was really faced with getting a taste for what it's like to be a single parent to a degree. And though you can argue that it's different because I had a partner there, I would personally argue that it's more challenging because he was going through so many things where he couldn't even really be present, not only for himself, but for the family. And and he did the absolute best that he can. And I understand that as much as much as I can watching the experience and being involved in the experience of what he went through, it is really hard to raise children and be a single mom. And on top of it, um, provide for your family. He wasn't able to work. He was only getting disability for a portion of that experience. And I had to find a way to pick up what he wasn't able to do. And it wasn't because of his choices. It was because of circumstances. And this isn't a tit for tat. My experience is harder than yours kind of thing. But just that, honestly, I I get an understanding and I realize how hard it really can be, truly. Even if you're a mom who your partner works out of town, your spouse works out of town or works long days and they're really only there for like dinner and then maybe some time on the weekend, you probably feel like some form of a single mom as well because you don't really have that person who's always there with you. You don't have that person other than, you know, hopefully they pick up the phone during the day and you can maybe talk to them for five minutes or on the weekend when they're trying to catch up with all the things, maybe you get to have coffee in the mornings, right? And this is why putting your relationship first is so wildly important when you're in a marriage and when you have kids. Uh, That's going to be an episode for another time, but the Christmas Love Project was something that I just felt so close to my heart, needing to find a way or create a way to come together as a community and support other single moms. And single dads, you are not excluded from this either. So I want to give you context of to what this is and how it works. And then three asks that I have for you surrounding this project. And you can pick one of the three um, for you. So the 
Christmas Love Project is a community fundraising experience that we do every year. This is the fourth year that we get to do it. We raise funds for nominated single moms or dads to bless them at Christmas time. My favorite part about this is they usually don't know that this is happening. They are just as shocked um, to find out either just before I'm coming to deliver the presents or what, and right before they get the phone call. Uh, sometimes they don't even know until the phone call that they're going to receive these blessings. And it is such a beautiful experience, such a heart tear jerking experience in the best of ways, because in those moments of getting to do something so beautiful with all of you, these people realize that there's actually an army behind them that are advocating for them and strangers that God truly is looking out for them and that they're not being left behind. And of course we can't bless everyone. We always get more nominations and we're able to give every year, but that this goes into a random generator selector, by the way, I don't just select people. I don't know how I would select someone's story over another's. It just, I was going to do it the second year and I was like, no, we need a random generator for this. So just know that's how we select them. And um, we do have our first mom selected. I'm going to tell you a bit about her and what your contributions are going to in the beginning. Um, last year, we were able to donate to three single moms, which is super incredible, and just help them out on their journey. And it's it's because of you guys. It's because you guys open your hearts to this cause. So here's the three things that I'm going to ask for you. The first one is to pray for this, to pray that we get to create this beautiful experience yet again for a fourth year. I'm going to ask you to pray that all of those who are meant to be involved in supporting this are able to come together and to support this, to find this, to be told about this, to um, have the means to be able to be a part of it, right? Number one is to pray for this. Number two is to, at the very least, at the very least, share this. So when you go to rileyjune.ca, R-Y-L-E-E, June is in the month.ca forward slash Christmas Love Project, there is a graphic at the bottom of the screen that you can screenshot and you can share, and it gives the details to send people to this project. So at the very least, can you please share this? Because I need your help in blessing moms and dads, the nominated women anonymously. Well, they're nominated by their friends and family, but they don't know. So in the sense, there's anonymity. Anonymity. There we go. <laughs> Until they find out. I need your help in sharing this cause and spreading the word. And this has been such a fun experience because um, people that I don't even know end up finding out about it and donate generously or share to their audiences or take a moment to just speak about it. And it's really cool to see how people will rally behind something that is truly just so genuine and pure in the intention of giving. Number three has two parts. So the first part is I need your nominations. So head to support or email support at rileyjune.ca. And if you know a single mom or a single dad who could just genuinely benefit or um, is just gets to receive a blessing this year to nominate them, share a bit about their stories. And uh, their name is going to be put into the random generator for selection above this first mom that we've already selected. And then the part two of that is donate and contribute. So we need your contributions to raise the funds 
for this. 100% of everything donated goes to this cause. This year, we're doing it slightly different. There is an opportunity for you to, everything that you contribute to, or every dollar that you spend, uh, starting with $10, goes to tickets towards raffle baskets, which will be up on the website tonight. I'm so excited. Finally there. <laughs> You'll be able to see it. Um, is going to raffle baskets and everything above what you or what the tickets um, value that are on the website are is again, just going directly to the cause. So not only do you have the opportunity to win something for yourself and if not for you, you can gift it to someone else, um, but it's going to a beautiful um, opportunity to bless someone else's life, which is super awesome. And our first mom that has been selected is a mom who has really shown what bravery and strength means when you are willing to stand up for yourself and your values and lead life with integrity. And it really just goes so well with this episode that was completely unplanned um, for this announcement to be happening at the time of this topic, I guess, so to speak. Um, but she is someone who chose from the very beginning of even when she was pregnant to leave a toxic relationship. And she is a young mom. So when you're leaving a relationship and you're a young mom and you don't have that support and you don't necessarily live near family, it is very hard emotionally, mentally, and physically, naturally, right? It's hard becoming a mom, period, with support, let alone choosing to leave behind even just toxic support because sometimes just having a person's physical body there feels supportive, even if there's so many other things that contradict it actually being supportive. So she chose to leave this relationship. She chose to really brave motherhood, her first child on her own. And I have watched this woman grow into someone who is such a beautiful role model in the vulnerability, in the rawness, in the hardships of all of it. And it's only been a couple years, not to mention, she also chose to do this through this COVID period and time, right? And that is really hard for anyone, no matter where your beliefs line up, because there you're having to navigate a world in such a way that we have never had to before. So you're entering motherhood, which in of itself is an identity shift, is a life shift. You're entering um, this into a time when the world is telling you very clear directions of one or one other way. You're having to find yourself in the midst of advocating for your beliefs, whatever they are, standing up with, um, towards family and friends. She also chose to build a business in this time to provide a means for her to be able to do the things that she loves and be a mom and not have to sacrifice that time with her son while going through a multitude of health issues on her own. So there's so many things that have been weighed on her life. And she has risen above them and continues to rise and work through them no matter what is thrown her way. And it's just so incredible to see someone young who is literally taking the world and braving it through the storms and not letting her guard down, not letting herself down, not letting her son down. And that's not to say that there's not mishaps in her life. So there's things that she regrets or she wish she did better or different or whatever the case may be. That's very well going to be intertwined in all the things that she's faced, but that she just keeps going forward anyways. And she continues to find new ways. If something doesn't work, she will adjust. She will adapt. She will educate herself. She invests in herself. It's 
the most beautiful thing to see. So this is where your first bouts of contributions are going to is this beautiful single mom. And I'm super excited to bless her alongside of you guys this um, this year. So she's also a community member with us. And hopefully I don't give too much away in talking about this. <laughs> um, we're going to do, we're going to let her know probably in the second week of December, if not the week, the first week of December. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to share in that experience with you guys. So as well, we have sales going on for November for single sessions. They're a hundred dollars off for the intuition immersion program. It is $200 off for coaching, one-on-one coaching, if you apply for 2023 coaching and you pay your $500 deposit, it doesn't start until January. Um, and that deposit is going to obviously go to your first month's payment. You save $300 off the entire, um, the every single month's uh, package. So it works out to be whether you choose to come and um, to bring me on your team for four, eight months, or you bring me and Dr. Jacques on your team for the eight months working with him at, and me, it is an eight month commitment. Um, you're going to save $300 off per month. So uh, I can't do the math right now. My brain is a little foggy, but you can add it up um, and there's tons of savings. So that's if you apply in this month and pay your deposit. So um, a portion of all those things are going to be going to the Christmas Love Project as well. So an opportunity for you to go deeper within yourself, uncover more of your truth, find what is holding you back from the most cliche line, truly living your best life. And I know that can sound vague and that's something that we talk about often or you hear often now in marketing and everybody's programs, but what it really comes down to is finding a way to live your life authentically and in integrity, right? We live in a world right now, and we're going to start getting into this episode about false prophets and a godless world and finding your next level of purpose. We live in this world right now where we're so quick to um, exchange integrity for comfort. And we see it in... (laughs) Mind your hearts and mind your mind your minds, because here we're just going to get right into it. If you are triggered, you are always welcome to turn this episode off. If you disagree, really, I invite you to at least listen to it because it's in these conversations that we're not willing to listen to and have. And this is an open conversation. So though I am sharing um, this from my point of view and these truths, please come into my inbox, my DMs, and let's have a conversation about this, okay? This isn't me trying to shit on people's lives, but this is truly an opportunity for you to even find your voice if you disagree and to plead your case why, not because you need my approval by any means. You don't, absolutely not, and that's not where I'm going with this, but that if you have strong opinions, you should be voicing them. We need to start having these difficult conversations because if we don't, we're going to continue down the trajectory of where we're going. That is absolutely just damning civilization on so many levels. And we're going to cover some of the more um, hot topics, if you will, but that there's still so many more to cover. And this isn't for you to have to focus on everything, but to really just open your eyes to see that the things that we're doing out of comfort, which is ultimately creating complacency, is really affecting, if anything, our children. And as a mother, this just burns a fire within me 
And I can't stand seeing this and people just being like, oh, that's okay. Or this should be accepted. Or I need to affirm this person so that they hopefully don't commit suicide. It's like, no, you need to tell people the truth. Because if you don't, they're going to continue this life of destruction, either harm themselves, which we don't want, or harm other people, which we don't want. And like, safe corners don't help people. You have to face your traumas. You have to face your triggers because those are your raw materials for success. Whatever success is defined for you and transformation. And if we continue to just beat around the bush about these topics, we don't actually improve our lives. We don't. You don't improve your life. You don't improve your children's life. You don't improve the lives of people around you because you're leading a life out of integrity. One of the things that I often get asked is, how do I live authentically? What does that mean? And living authentically means living in integrity, living to truth, living up to your values, holding your boundaries, having discipline in your life above comfort, right? So um, one of the things that I want to start off with is this common theme that I see in spiritualists, so spiritual teachers, and that is preaching to God and to Jesus, preaching that they channel Jesus, preaching that he's their ascended master, saying that they speak to God, saying that God is guiding them, saying that God is um, is their main guide, right? But, but there's the universe and there's guides and there's spirits and they're going to do mediumship and they're going to tell the future and they're going to, you know, uh, they're going to affirm all of this um, gender ideology that is not helpful whatsoever. And I'm going to get into that in a moment, right? They're going to just continue to walk on eggshells in, in their life and around other people at the um, expense of hopefully not hurting someone's feelings, but it's like, you're not going to like likely, or there's going to be some of you who don't like what I have to say, and that might hurt your feelings, but that doesn't mean that it's not true, right? You can hate the messenger, but it still doesn't change the value of the message, right? And you can go about life living in this state of, I'm not going to address this, or I'm going to just be bothered by this, or I'm going to lash out at Riley June because she said this, But that still doesn't address the actual problem that these things are problems. So when it comes to false prophets, okay, I want you to know that I used to do this. So what I am speaking against, I used to do. But you can only do with what you know. And I didn't know better. I was raised in a Catholic church and I was raised to believe that God is the almighty. And I have always believed that. But I never actually understood what that meant. I walked away from the idea of ever pursuing some form of um, godly belief because I watched a lot of people be hypocrites. And hypocrites exist in all of us. We're inherently not good. It's why we get offered Jesus Christ as the savior for us, right? Because we need something greater than ourselves to pursue or we're always going to rely on self-validation. And at any given time, we don't actually know if that self-validation is helping us or not, right? So there's this um, this powerful story and it's this man gets on the bus and another guy gets up and he offers him his seat. Or sorry, this blind man gets on a bus and another man gets up and offers him his seat. Is the man who offered that seat good? And most people would think, well, yeah, this guy's blind to give him a seat. But then if you come to hear more of the story, you find out that the blind or the guy who offered a seat is the bus driver. Well, that's not the best seat to be offering up. That man should not offer up his seat. 
right? And so the point is that just because you think you're doing something good doesn't always mean that in the long run, that that's the best choice, that that was the best um, decision to make. Now, of course, we have to go through life and we need to make decisions, right? But the point is that at the core of that decision, you don't actually know if it is the best one, truthfully, because you've never lived in the outcome of where you're going or what that decision is going to unfold. Just because you spend money on something one time and it works out really well, doesn't mean when you spend money on that a second time that that's a good idea. For example, if you purchase Oreos, Oreos might taste really good in the moment, right? And they can be this great experience where you're dipping milk and cookies with your kids and you're having this wonderful night. But if you go and you continue to purchase Oreos over and over again, you're actually going to destroy your glucose levels, your in- so your insulin, you're going to ruin your gut system, you're going to cause brain deficiencies because you're pumping yourself full of sugar and essentially chemicals, Oreos aren't actually food, right? And then the amount of milk that you're going to consume, assuming let's say you do this every night with your kids and it becomes this tradition, is going to cause a lot of inflammatory in your body and then your body's going to have to work overnight to actually decompress and process the milk and the cookies you've put in. So your body's going to be working versus recovering. So you're going to wake up tired. So over time, what is a good experience or could be a good experience once isn't necessarily a great experience as you continue on. Okay, so going back to the false profits, I started this business through accidentally. I started learning about intuition and I was this person who had isolated myself for two years and dealing with all the stuff with my husband and came to this understanding one day that I needed to heal. I didn't know what that meant. I had literally never heard this word before other than like the physical experience of healing, right? You break your arm, you got to heal that. Um, so time essentially, and maybe sometimes medicine, Uh, And that was all that I knew about healing. I didn't know about emotional healing. I didn't know about cognitive healing. I didn't know about behavioral healing. I didn't know about gut system healing, right? I didn't know about these other things, but I had found intuition and I had found this means of living or this idea of living intuitively that was literally so much better than how we've been told to live. We are told to validate our lives based off of the physical experiences, what we see, what we hear, what we taste, what we what we learn in a textbook, like those are physical ways of learning and that is real, right? And then you find intuition and you realize that everything we experience physically is only 3% of reality. Everything else is 97%. It's energy. And so your intuition attaches and connects you to that 97%. It's why visualization is so powerful. It's why reframing your subconscious is so powerful. It's why awareness is so powerful. Those things are all energy, right? So I learned about intuition and I did this scary thing and went online and started babbling about things that nobody in my life had ever heard about. I had had zero establishment online and I just kept showing up and telling people, hey, I found this really great thing. I need to tell you about it. And that led me into universal beliefs and tarot cards and birth charts and human design and all these other deities and goddesses and ways of doing things. And as I continued to go down that path, the one thing that I always knew to be true is that I understood I was offering a service, so readings, that was inflating me to be a sense of knowing. And I, as much as I loved the outcome of what people were saying, the testimonies of how it was changing their life. It was guiding them in a a positive way. They were getting closure. You know, I knew that 
I was still inflating myself to, in a sense, no more than them, which I didn't like and isn't true. And so I always led with a portion of education, like, hey, I'm going to tell you these things, but here's what you can do for yourself because you shouldn't need to book a reading six months later, right? If you're going for readings and you're looking to heal or transform a situation, you shouldn't need more and more and more and more unless you're not actually understanding what's going on. You don't understand your accountability in it. You don't have anything to lean on to actually support you long-term because when you're addressing an issue around laundry with your spouse in a reading and how you're going to sort that out, the problem isn't even the laundry with your spouse. The problem is that you feel neglected or you feel not seen and heard. And if you don't know how to get down to the core of that actual root belief, and you don't know how to then address that when something else in your life triggers it later on, you're not helping yourself. So I always knew I needed to lead with education. Okay. Then there came a point where I was introduced to the multitude of miracles or reminded of the multitude of miracles that had existed throughout my husband's life from infections disappearing overnight after complete surrender and prayer to um, my son going 12 weeks with this congenital heart issue that was an absolute miracle that even lived that long after birth, having been lost to the system and not getting a pediatrician and not getting looked after to getting the pediatrician and getting surgery within two weeks of that, to just so many countless other things. And so I realized that it kind of just hit me in the moment where I realized God was pursuing me. And I realized that I had this opportunity to really lean more into that. And the more I actually chose to lean into that, always leading with, I need you to be accountable to you. I need you to be educated to understand how you're going to support yourself long-term beyond a container with me, beyond a session with me. That's always been my goal with my clients is to work myself out of a job. So as I'm navigating new beliefs and I'm leading with education, there came a point where my life and my work intersected, where my beliefs and my work intersected. And remember, I've built a business off of this. I've retired my husband off of readings. It is a sure sale for me to put out an email or to go online and do a live readings or to put out a post and book my calendar out, offer courses or training programs, book my calendar out, book the program out, um, where I'm teaching all of this stuff around the universe and spirit guides and, and energy, right? And so... I get to this point where my beliefs are now intersecting with my work and I have this decision. You know, you talk about um, often in healing this ultimate surrender where you come to this point where you realize something isn't serving you anymore, but you don't know how to let go of it. You don't know how to shift that. You don't know how to experience something different in that. And if you can hear the baby crying in the background, please know that Phil is taking care of him. <laughs> I am not neglecting my child just to do this episode. <laughs> Okay. I had to go check because I was like, I can't keep having this in the background. <laughs> All right. The mom and me just, you know, when you have your baby crying, even if you know they're being taken care of, I don't know if it's just a me thing. I got to go. I got to look into it. <laughs> okay. So we're back. Um, so 
I did these things and I taught these things. And then I realized that as I continued to further question, you know, what's greater, what's cleaner, what's pure, especially energy, right? Like you're dealing with someone's psyche. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand when it comes to energy work is the practitioner is dealing with the client's psyche. And for the client, your practitioner is dealing with your psyche. They're dealing with your mental health. They're dealing with your emotional health. They're dealing with your spiritual health. And hopefully they are dealing with your um, physical health because you can't just only address your mindset and not address your emotions and your spiritual inclinations and your body. Like it all has to be a package. It's why as I continue to learn and grow, I now am bringing on a practitioner, Dr. Jacques, for 2023 coaching um, containers because if you don't address the body, and you're constantly trying to rewire your body with your thoughts, it's going to take you so much longer and you're going to actually create instability within your nervous system because you're forcing essentially your nervous system to change without your physical body actually having any transformation, right? So it's, you can think yourself into transformation, but if you actually just bring up your body healing alongside of it, so you have someone clinically dealing with private testing and figuring out the functionality of your organs and what you're actually depleted in and what types of food your body can and cannot actually have, which is a big shock when you do go private and you do get tested for these things outside of your average healthcare system. So for us in Canada, they give us free healthcare, um, but it's at the expense of weight and um, treating symptoms. So they don't actually get to the root cause. You got to pay for that stuff. So We dealt with a lot of that with my husband when he went through actually getting proper support um, for his heart condition. And it was a night and day experience, not only from the treatment, but also him actually understanding the functionality of his body. He found out things like, I've shared this on episodes, he can't have cucumbers or chickpeas or certain types of meats because they cause inflammation and they cause disruptions within his body. But to someone else, that might not be the case, right? So You have to bring up all these levels. And I didn't know that in the beginning. So I'm, you know, enjoying telling people about this airy, fairy, beautiful, loving universe that just gets to provide for you. And it worked for me, right? And in in some cases, it worked for other people too. They were getting great results. But there was a common theme amongst all of my clients that I continue to pursue to look deeper into and educate myself along with. And that is, it wasn't like integrated, like it wasn't fully landing. Like there was a missing piece. They still didn't trust themselves or they still really held themselves back when it came to communicating, or it was really hard for them to wrap themselves around a a higher level of worth work ethic, or they still struggled with a lot of guilt and shame surrounding their past. So even though there was all this awareness, they didn't know like what to do on the other side of that awareness, right? Okay. They could burn a letter in a fire, they could cut a ribbon or a cord and cord cut, or they could Palo Santo themselves or sage their house or hold crystals, but something still wasn't working. And I dove into a cognitive behavioral understanding, emotional therapy. I dove into understanding more about basic psychology principles and how the mind works and how the brain connects with the body and dove more into understanding how our gut is actually the basis of our intuition and how your gut is more of a primary brain function than your own actual brain. In order for your brain to function properly, you need your gut to function properly. So as I continue to grow in this knowledge, I started to shift a lot of these things. And so my life and my beliefs started to intersect with my work. And there came a point where I actually finally decided to question, okay, 
who is actually God? Who am I actually praying to? What does this actually mean? And not because in the beginning I thought anything was wrong, but I was like, I just felt this calling and understand if you're a non-believer, God pursues you every day in your life, whether you like it or not. Literally, if you woke up with a breath in your lungs and you don't believe in God or you don't pursue God, he's still pursuing you. That doesn't mean he's going to work all these miracles. He's not a genie in a bottle, right? Like you have to pursue him to really be able to experience not only the promises of miracles that he can operate in your life or um, delivering you to an everlasting life beyond this life, because I think we can all agree that after we die, our soul goes somewhere. And whether you want to believe there's a heaven or a hell or not doing mediumship, I can definitely guarantee that there is absolutely a purgatory. Okay. Never died. So I don't know if there's a heaven or a hell, but I believe in it. And I know through mediumship work, there is definitely a purgatory. And the ones who end up in purgatory, the spirits, are the ones who are unsettled in their life. They are the godless ones. Um, Every mediumship reading that I did, the person did not believe in God or did not practice a faith in God. And they carried a lot of guilt and shame in their life, which means that they definitely didn't practice a faith in God because God offers redemption, right? So That is something that I know to be true from doing mediumship work. And you can feel it. You know, when you go around somebody who's really angry and they might not be saying anything that eludes that they're angry, but you can just feel that they're angry, that they're unsettled, that something's not right. Yeah. Connecting with a spirit who's in a purgatory state feels that same way. And so as the interpreter, you have to start bringing up why. And that's really hard to do, right? Pulling out someone's anger is more challenging, right? Trying to get somebody to talk to you who's angry, who doesn't want to talk is more challenging than equipping them with the the tools to actually just address that for themselves, right? So I'm watching all these spiritual practitioners and they're preaching these channelings of Jesus and working with God, but they've never opened a Bible. And they are doing things that are completely against what God actually says to do. And For a lot of people, it's because of the uncomfortability of the ask, what God actually asks of you. And we have really started to live our lives uh, through conditioned behaviors, through societal acceptance, what we deem to need to be accepted or acceptable, um, because we don't want to address uncomfortable truths to the point where we are allowing children to choose their genders. Children are not equipped to choose that. If you wouldn't let your child drive a car, you wouldn't let your child deal with your taxes, or your finances. They're most definitely not equipped to deal with their gender. As an adolescent, they're still not equipped to make that decision because it's a societal construct, literally in their own terms and definitions, right? It's a societal construct. So it's not even something that's natural. It's something that's based off of behavior. And as an adult, it becomes more of a fetish. So we're allowing these things to take place to the degree where we're going to participate in somebody else's fetish and damage our children's psyche because we don't want to upset someone. Do you hear how ridiculous that is? And this is where the triggering part comes in because for the actual degree of people or percentage of people that this affects statistically is less than 1%. Yet as a society and a whole, we are being pushed to have to accept this and not only just accept it, but to the point where we're going to give money to people who are this mentally ill based off of them choosing of this. So now in San Francisco, they have passed a legislation that gives $1,200 to low-income transgenders. 
So for people who might not be transgender, but need that money, they're going to adopt this social behavior because they need support, right? Instead of just acknowledging support in a whole, we're categorizing things. And that's literally how we pinhole ourselves into this experience anyways, is by doing these reparations to things. I'm not talking about Native American reparations. That's that's a whole different thing that could be um, fixed by mostly getting rid of the Indian Act, right? But anyways, another topic for another time. Um, we pinhole ourselves by doing all these divisive things that aren't actually helping the problem, right? In a society that advocates for mental health, mental um, wellness, right? While then affirming that you're mentally well or mentally in unwell, there's the words, or unstable, let me just give you money, come onto the system and just be there. Well, that's that's not helping them, right? That's not helping people who are being swayed because they don't have a foundational value. And by people who do have a foundational value, but are unwilling to let people know the truth because they don't want to hurt their feelings right? We're so worried. We risk our integrity at the expense of being liked and accepted. And I'm sorry, but as a mother, this is affecting my children. And I just can't stand for this, you know, taking, just take religion out of it, take God out of it. I won't stand for this because it's psychologically affecting my children. And to the degree where you can't go anywhere without seeing it. And I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about advertisements. I'm talking about billboards. I'm talking about TV shows, right? We want to talk about inclusion. We're pushing an agenda that is damaging people. And then not only just psychologically, it's in the chemical foods that we're eating. It's in the lack of skill sets that we have nowadays. We use our phone for everything, right? We don't have actual skill sets to support our lives, right? We have to hire everything out. Um, and there's so many examples of that. I'm like, my brain's wanting to just name all of them, but I'm like, I want to also try and keep this episode to a minimum just to really just rally in this point. So we're advocating for things that aren't true, that are damaging to people. And then we have these spiritualists that are banking off of people being essentially stupid enough to say, hey, let me feed you this love and light and genie in a bottle, this law of attraction. That's if you've ever been a victim of law of attraction, you can't figure out why things haven't attracted into your life yet. It's not because you're on the wrong frequency. It's because of a lack of awareness of actually dealing with things that are bothering you in your life or not working hard enough towards the things that you actually want. And you're adopting beliefs that aren't actually serving you. And that can be triggering to hear, but it's also true. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't scaling my business. And it was because I realized, one, God was not wanting me to build a name off of something that wasn't true. And then two, I was realizing that there was a better way to help people. And even religion aside, I needed more education, psychologically, behaviorally, emotionally, uh, functionally to be able to support people on a deeper level, because my goal is to work myself out of a job. My goal is to educate you first, which means that I have to continue my education, which means I have to constantly be questioning and growing in myself and my capabilities and my skills as a coach and a teacher and a mentor. 
And equally also knowing when to hand things off. Like I'm not going to go through the education of body functioning. I'm going to bring on Dr. Jacques and his clinical team and uh, yeah, clinical team to provide you with that support, right? So it's knowing your boundaries, knowing your limits. And there's these spiritualists that are aligned to people. And even worse so when you preach that, you know, God and Jesus, when you are a believer in context of that word or that belief, but you're not actually getting to know what that means, what you are being asked of that, you're just straight up lying to people. You don't believe in God because you don't believe in his word. And you can't take half truths and make it a full truth because it's not a truth. It's a lie straight up. And it drives me absolutely nuts. Christ consciousness is another one that is derived from this lie, the spiritual lie that you can just take Christ consciousness and you can integrate it into your life. And it's like, you need to go to Jesus. You need to figure out who Jesus was. And Jesus wasn't afraid to flip tables in the name of God, right? So if someone comes to you and they say, oh, you know, I believe in all of it. I want to adopt, you know, I love the universe and I love God and I love Jesus. And these are my ascended masters and I'm going to do mediumship. They're not living in integrity, which means that you're learning from someone who's out of integrity. So how can you expect to find an authentic version of you when you're literally paying someone inauthentic money to help you find you. That's not going to jive, right? You might find things along the way. And I understand that everyone has a journey and we all go through things at certain degrees, but to what point do you actually take responsibility and accountability for yourself, right? This is a trillion dollar industry, personal and spiritual development, and it's only going to grow as the world gets harder. So whether you're seeking that support or you're delivering that support, you have to check into what the fuck you're offering people. And I say this because I'm willing to have those uncomfortable conversations and get on a podcast episode and say these things or get on a live and say, hey, I need to reclaim some of the things that I've done and apologize. And I feel this deep-seated shame and guilt, not because I need your pity, but because I've done something that is wrong and I finally figured that out. And I'm sorry. And choose to walk away, choose to forgive me, choose to not, choose to follow along with this journey with me is up to you, right? You don't have to. I would love for you to. There's so much opportunity in in being a part of my growth so that I can help you grow, but that's up to you. You don't have to. And I don't expect you to expect me to be the all-knowing and truth teller. Do your research, right? Like you have to be accountable for the knowledge that you're accepting. And we're so quick to super scroll on our phones and just take in as much as we can and accept that as truth and then turn around and spit it out as if like you knew that for yourself, right? And obviously knowledge has to be passed along through people, but look into what you're adopting, right? When I started saying, I'm, you know, I'm working with God, I'm working with Jesus. I always knew that Jesus was the cleanest, clearest, purest energy to heal with. So I was offering Reiki sessions, energy healing with Jesus, knowing that he's the cleanest, clearest, purest energy that exists while actually not knowing what Jesus stands for, what he expects of you through his word or through whose word he is abiding by and expects you to abide by too. And so I'm literally working not with Jesus. You can't work with a deity and say, it's this when there's a book that literally says it's this, right? You can't work with uh, a leader. You can't work with, you can't go and say, Mother Teresa is the best woman in the world, but, you know, she did all these things, but, you know, maybe she wasn't the best. 
Or maybe I'm going to start, you know, telling this story of her when that's, it's literally, it doesn't, it's not cohesive, right? I can't say that Jesus is always of love when Jesus is of love, when you're following God's word, when you're not giving into the temptations that are spoken about in the Bible, when you're actually asking for forgiveness of your wrongdoings, then we're inherently not good, right? My Oreo example, my bus driver example, right? If you have ever told a lie in your life, right? Have you, if you have ever cheated on a spouse, even in conversations or on a boyfriend, right? If you have ever use the Lord's name in vain. If you have ever even had harmful thoughts towards someone else, I can say that I have done those things. And it absolutely sucks. The shame and the guilt that you carry isn't good, right? I'm not going to walk through my life carrying that, but I know that I can ask for forgiveness. And as long as I do my absolute freaking best every day to not repeat those things, That I'm truly, genuinely doing my best to live out under God's law, under uh, his will, right? And so you can adopt that for yourself. But if you're not adopting that and you're out in the world and you're working off of self-validation and hopefully other people are going to accept you and, you know, I want to do this, but I'm going to sit on the couch and pray for it. I want my genie in a bottle. You know, how is that working for you? Genuinely, I don't say that with judgment, honestly. Like, how is that working for you? Are you getting what you want? Are you feeling better? Are you walking on eggshells around other people while watching them literally dismantle their lives? How is that? How does that working for you? And I ask myself these same things too. And in my client containers, I hold you to this standard. If you set a goalpost for yourself, why aren't you achieving it? Let's look into that. I'm not going to judge you for not getting there. There's something we need to address. Let's uncover this, right? Jordan Peterson is a great um, example of this as a clinical psychologist. He, he often talks about how, okay, sometimes the biggest monster in people's lives is cleaning their room, right? So the, their room is an absolute complete mess. There's clothes everywhere. There's bags everywhere. There's food everywhere. There's cups everywhere. There's garbage everywhere. So giving them the goal of addressing the monster as a whole, go clean your room, is overwhelming and people will avoid it because they haven't actually addressed the issues that are underneath why their room got to that state. But if you say, hey, let's start with cleaning out a drawer, you know, one bag, get like even a small white glad bag and fill it up with just one stuff from the corner, okay, and take it out of your room and throw it out and discard of it. How does that make you feel? Okay, you might not have addressed the the monster as a whole, but you're picking away at it. And that's more important, right? So you have to be willing to start addressing these things because if we're going to actually address the monster in the room, we have to be willing to actually do our due diligence and start picking away at the things that we're avoiding. Because when you avoid the whole thing, it just genuinely gets worse. And we're seeing that as five years ago, these gender ideologies were deemed uh, psychiatric illnesses disabilities. And now it's like, there's even therapists that are affirming it. I don't know. I am not a therapist, but therapy is meant to challenge your beliefs, to address the the root causes mentally of behaviors and actions and experiences that you're having as to why you're having them. Gender ideology tells me, and through research, should be telling psychologists and psychiatrists that there's a factor within that person that feels neglected, rejected, and unsafe. That's why they literally want to leave their identity, right? Depression is your 
um, your mindset telling you that you're in a deep rest from the character that you're in. You're, you're needing to get out of it, but you continue to perpetuate the same behaviors that you've gone into this psychological coma. Well, the same thing is with people who want to switch their genders, right? They're leaving. They're trying to leave their body. They're trying to leave their experience. Why? Let's look at that rejection, that neglect, and that unsafety. What's going on? Because God designed you imperfectly perfect in his image, not as a God, not as God, but in his image, he knows that you are perfect as you are imperfectly, right? You're going to make mistakes, but let's address why you want to leave that experience. And it can come down to things more than just your beliefs. It could be the amount of chemicals and hormones that are pumped into our food. That doesn't mean you need to go and have a meatless diet because then if you go and eat the the veget- or vegan foods that are out there now and even in our fruits and vegetables, they're loaded with chemicals. The water that we're drinking is loaded with estrogen, is loaded with fluoride that is literally blocking our brains from functioning properly, right? So let's start addressing some of these things. This is why the body component is so important to address. So I'm taking witness to all these people literally selling lies and it drives me nuts because then I go, oh man, I'm going to be that person to call this out. I'm going to be the person to say something like, fuck, that really sucks. But at the same time, if I don't start this conversation, who else is going to, to the point where I'm literally neglecting my children's development by not saying something, because if we don't start having these conversations and we don't start calling this shit out, Our kids are the ones that suffer to the point where we're literally going to subject them to chemical castration based on a belief that they're not even fully developed in understanding as a whole. That's insane. That's literally the definition of insanity. And then we go as far as to say, well, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Fuck that. What's worse? What has a worse effect long term? Okay, maybe you feel comforted in the interim that you didn't, you know, push someone's boundaries or you didn't say something to honestly like try and save somebody's life, their mentality, their mental health. But how is that going to pan out for them long term? And I'm specifically harping on this gender ideology because it's the one that's the most pushed and it's the most damaging. Really, truly. Right? Oh, I don't want to I don't want to hurt that. Well, Yeah, but that person's not only hurting themselves, but they're harming the people that they need to accept them. See, there's a need to be accepted in this. There's a need to be accepted. Why? If you don't feel, okay, let's be the devil's advocate. Okay, uh, let's assume, okay, so I'm a woman. Let's say I didn't didn't identify as a woman. I didn't want to identify as a woman. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to be a man. And I go through the process of being a man. Now I need to force other people to accept me as that, to feel accepted. I need you to accept me as a man because I didn't feel accepted as a woman. So I'm going to try being accepted as a man. And I need you to accept me so that I can feel accepted. That is the opposite of empowerment. That is the opposite of sovereignty. That is the opposite of freedom. You need the validation of other people. And then we pass laws and bills and societal like supports and systems and constructs and ideologies that then affirm that. 
what? Right? And those who are preaching of God and Jesus, now I'm not talking about the ones who don't believe in God and Jesus, by the way, probably should have context at the beginning. I'm not talking about the spiritualists who stick to their universe, stick to their guides, and, and they live in their happy bubble of that. Though, by the way, there is no better spiritual protection than through Jesus. Truly, he is the only one who has risen above all of it in the world. Temptation, sin, uh, purity, um, uh, love, genuine integrity, all of it. He is the only one who has lived that life to its fullest capacity and degree, faithful blindly to God. Jesus, that's it. He reigns supreme above all. Okay, so if you want true spiritual protection, he's the one, but it comes with responsibility. So to those who live in their bubble, I'm not talking to you, by the way. I'm talking to those who are pursuing or selling this idea that you work with God and Jesus, but you're throwing in all this other shit because it's what it is. It's shit. You're throwing shit at the wall and you're hoping it sticks because you're hoping you're going to be accepted. It's why you affirm these clearly damaging beliefs and ideologies out of the name of acceptance when it's like, but how is that helping and paying off long-term, right? Like we really have to be willing to start opening our eyes to this stuff because we're so quick to say, oh, I see the lies in the pharmaceutical company. I see the lies in the food that we eat. I see the lies in the politics. I see the lies in propaganda, but this one, I'm just going to let that one be. What? Since like how out of integrity is that? How inauthentic is that? Authenticity is about unifying yourself as a whole. So where you're going to be brave with your finances, you got to be brave with your communication, your relationships. You got to be brave with the way that you show yourself in society. You got to be brave with the way that you uphold your values in your home. You got to be brave in all of it. So why leave out a part of you or an opportunity to fully unify you because it might displease someone else? Fuck that. For my moms who listen to this in their car with their kids, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm doing my best not to swear. I never used to swear on my podcast, but then I was like, man, this is my podcast. Like, like come and enjoy me as a whole or just don't, right? Like you get the choice. That's the best part. You can choose to completely ignore what I'm saying, to be triggered by what I'm saying, to say, that's not true. That's not right. But it's like, but it is, and it is true. You just don't like it. Like that's the difference, right? You can choose to ignore it, but it doesn't mean it's not the truth. And we're so quick to dis, um, dismiss people because oh, you're not a clinical psychologist. Oh, you don't know that factually. Well, I'm going to add statistics underneath this episode so you can look at it for yourself. Go and do your research. Go beyond what I provide for you. Go and look for other things, Right. Go and actually understand what you think you understand. I thought I understood the universe guides and spirit until I realized I was a false prophet and and I believed in God. And in some ways I'd sprinkle God in there, but I was false prophesizing because I was choosing to bring him into something he very much speaks out against, right? You can say, well, I only believe in half the Bible. Then you don't believe in the Bible. You got to take it for what it is, or you got to leave it behind. It is a doctrine and is even talked about as being a doctrine that literally has every single possible thing that you could experience in life from grief to financial loss, to financial gain, to forgiveness, to bad behavior, to murder, to, um, 
to uh, uh, marriage issues, to personal issues, to dietary discipline, literally anything you could experience in life as a person is acknowledged in this book as the best way to live your life, right? You're, if you go and invest in people's podcasts, your time, your, your mind, if you go and invest your money into programs with coaches, you're willing to adopt their knowledge. So why not adopt the foundational knowledge on which life was literally created on? And for those of you who choose to say, well, God doesn't exist, my atheist, which I, it's a miracle that you're here if that is your belief. So just know God is pursuing you in some degree. Nothing can create everything. So the theory of creation literally ends there, right? Something beyond space and time has to exist to have created everything. That's why God is so powerful, even in so many truths within the Bible. And if you line it up energetically, it actually has this profound effect of how everything intricately works with each other, from the principles of life, to the values that we carry, to the way that we behave, to what happens when we don't uphold ourselves genuinely and in integrity, right? The blind man story, the Oreo story, right? So... I see these people false prophesizing and it drives me nuts because I know it's at the expense of people's lives. And that's not okay. So I'm willing to put my ass and my career on the line to say, hey, we're fucking doing something wrong here. We need to shape up. And this includes me. I'm not perfect in my belief with God. I'm not perfect in my relationship with God, but I do do my damnedest every day to try my best. Right. One of the biggest things that I'm working on right now is having more patience with my kids, being less triggered by noise. Kids are loud. Kids are obnoxious. Kids are explorative in nature. Right. And to me, that's triggering for so many reasons from my childhood, from things that I was conditioned in subconsciously. And it's my job to just pause and be like, okay, hey, maybe let's harness this energy and do something else more productive. Or um, instead of getting freaked out when we're leaving the door, like me personally, oh, okay, rush, 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 gotta get out the door, gotta get out the door, oh, gonna be late, gonna be late, gonna be late. Even if we're gonna be late, who fucking cares? Time doesn't exist, it's a concept anyways, right? Yes, we get to honor other people's times and, and things like that, but it's like, but to what degree? Because my parents used to do that to me and I don't wanna do that to my kids. I don't want leaving the house to be anxiety because then anytime they have to go and do something, they're always going to feel like they're in trouble. My husband's literally unraveling this himself, right? Um, uh, going to uh, work some days. He didn't need to be there until 7, 7.30 in the morning. But because he had so much anxiety about being late and being in trouble, even though he was going to work literally just to help my dad out, right? He would leave hours early to make sure that he was there like an hour and a half early before anybody else was, even in the parking lot. Right. And then we do that with our kids. Like we need to go to go grocery shopping. And it's like, oh, we got to go. We got to go, go, go. It's like you're in grocery shopping. Why are you stressing out to go grocery shopping? Right. So it's it's in these things that if we're not willing to address them within ourselves, if we don't have something to temper our tongue, to temper our energy, to temper our emotions. What are you looking to for support? And that was the biggest capture for me in transitioning my work from universe and all these things to just God. One, it's way easier to pray to one source that's holding me to a higher standard that I don't have to go seek something else for self-validation as to why I get to just comfort myself in that behavior, 
It's not okay for those things. It's not okay for me to overreact to my kids. And I understand it happens. Welcome to motherhood. Welcome to being a human being. But if I'm looking to a spirit guide to say, you know what? It's okay that you lashed out at your kids today because you were overstimulated. That's not okay. I am responsible for going and sitting down and apologizing to my kids. So going back to this, this also just marries into how we live in this godless world, right? We live in this world where we're so quick to validate everybody's feelings that we forget that it could actually be more harming by not telling them the truth, by not holding ourselves to accountability and standards, right? Like uh, right now. So today, um, my daughter was mistreating our vacuum and she broke it to the point where we have to literally go buy a hundred dollar part to repair it. So instead of just validating that she couldn't figure out how to use it or whatever the case may be, there's many things that led up to this vacuum getting broken, like her not listening to other things that we asked her to do, um, nicely, right? We asked her to go and, um, uh, empty the cat box and to just pick up some things in the, in the basement and we would deal with the vacuum. But instead of doing the things that she was asked to do and leaving the vacuum downstairs, she decided to pull it up the stairs and it ripped off a piece that you have to literally go replace it now. And it's going to cost a hundred dollars. So instead of just validating the fact that she wanted to not listen and her going and doing other things instead and saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We'll just replace it. Because now you're upset that you wrecked something because you didn't listen. Okay, my husband again is dealing with the baby in the background, just so you know. <laughs> okay, I'm almost done with this episode, but Phil's going to get mad at me because my mother instinct kicks in. I got to just go. Got to go. Got to pick him up. Got to hold him. I'm like very attached to always keeping him near me. Um, and that's okay, by the way. It's actually normal for a mother to always want to be around their baby. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to just finish it off with this. Okay. We live in this world right now where people, it's easy to make a buck. It's easy to seemingly make a change and everybody wants to walk around in this bubble of love and light without addressing change, without addressing what actually comes with change. Okay. I'm going to give you some tips that you can utilize to support yourself. And these are things that I offer to my clients to guide them to better transform transform and support themselves too, okay? And that is look at your life in each area individually and where you're not in coherence, okay? What area of your life are you walking on eggshells? With who? With what? With what actions, right? And address that. Maybe right now that addressing that issue is the monster in your room, the clothes and the food and the cups everywhere. Start with a drawer. How can you start picking away at that one specific area to create more unification within yourself, more integrity that's in alignment with your values, right? Where can you really look to some of the things that you're doing that aren't in alignment with a higher truth? If you believe that everyone should have the freedom and sovereignty to be themselves, that's great. But to what degree when it's harming themselves, right? To what degree when it's harming themselves? And to what degree do you need to speak up about it? 
I'm not saying you need to take a stand on social media and go on a live or get a microphone on a stage, right? But what is an integrity to you? What is authentic to you? For me, I build this business by being a leader and saying, I'm going to course correct myself and I'm going to constantly educate myself and do better in life. But I'm also going to hold myself and people accountable that come into my life. I'm going to address these really fucking hard topics because we need to. We need to have these conversations. We need to do these things, right? When it comes to finding your next level of purpose, we live in this world that's so willing to blindly follow what somebody else says. And I've been a person to do this too. It's what was so fascinating to me when I finally did decide to dig into the Bible and realize that instead of just going to a spiritualist to support me with my life, let's find things in the Bible that are going to give me strength to then pursue and have clarity as to what help I actually need, right? I was feeling so lost in what my next level of self was going to look like and the things that I was going to strive for in the direction that I was going to go and how I was going to lead people. And in one of those things, I had to come to terms with um, realizing that I don't have it in me, nor necessarily the passion or interest to learn about the body. But I know fundamentally that it is so wildly important. So I need to find that person. I need to find that person for me. And I need to find that person for my community, for my clients. And that's where Dr. Jacques came in. And then I needed to find the strength to have more patience with my kids. So Where do I do that? Well, first, I'm going to have to go and find that forgiveness so I can actually sit in the ability to sit in front of my kids and say, guys, I'm sorry, right? I'm sorry. Mommy was wrong. This isn't okay. This wasn't okay. I'm going to try and do better. Here's what we can do together, right? So I needed to find a strength first. I needed to come to my foundation first. You should always take your finger you're willing to point at the world and point it at yourself first. And that's where God comes in because you need to pursue some guidance greater than yourself. Otherwise, you're looking for acceptance and you're looking for validation. And it's only going to lead you down a path of rejection and lack of acceptance every single time. And then the shame and the guilt and the blame comes in, right? We don't want that. Your next level of purpose isn't rooted in other people's acceptance of you. Your next level of purpose is rooted in the accountability and discipline that you're willing to live out and lead in your life. Your next level of purpose isn't going to be pursuing something specific necessarily, though it might be the trajectory that gets you to unraveling all the other things that are a part of a greater purpose. So that's where offering psychic readings really came into a contradiction because I realized that, well, I always knew, and I always said this from the beginning, I can't be the one to tell you what your purpose in life is. No, no all-knowing person, not even God sitting meditating with the Bible can tell me what my purpose in life is. It's a series of constant corrections and decisions that are made that are going to unravel you into living and leading and experiencing something greater than where you are today. And if there's anything in your life that is unsettling to you, it is your responsibility to look at what that means and what that is and what you need to do to get over that, right? And there's going to be some uncomfortable truths that you need to address and not just spiritually, but personally, 
Maybe you can't keep condoning someone's behavior. Maybe your partner is genuinely abusive. And so instead of playing the victim to that abusive experience, and I know psychologically that goes way bigger than just how I'm oversighting it right now, but that looks like you actually taking the accountability to get help or to leave, right? Like there's so many things that we have to start looking to ourselves about because otherwise we get consumed in these false indoctrinating stupid agendas that are poisoning our lives. One of the biggest things that I get asked is how do I discern ego from uh, intuition? How do I discern truth from lies? And it's by looking at yourself about having true, genuine integrity and unifying that in all areas of your life. And honestly, having God as your guide. Because God doesn't ask you to sacrifice anything other than just unifying your belief in him. So maybe that is a sacrifice. But the promissory, the standard is so much greater than complacency, than illness, than disillusion, right? So I'm going to end this episode here. And remember, if this episode triggered you and you got here, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for sticking with me. But I hope that this episode challenged you. I really genuinely do. It challenged me to have it. And I hope it challenged you to hear it. Because if anything, it's going to at least challenge you to really look at certain things in your life where you're not being truthful to yourself. Right? And if it's if you were triggered because of certain things that I have shared about things that are happening in our society, ask yourself, why do you condone that? It's not because I'm trying to judge somebody else and their life. I want to help that person who feels rejected and neglected and um, not safe within themselves. I want to actually help them. I want them to understand why they feel that way. Right? Because as a toddler, those beliefs are just enforced by the parents. A toddler and a child under the age of eight has absolutely no idea why they're making those decisions. They don't. They literally do not. As a child above eight years old, up until your early um, to mid-20s, that's a social behavioral thing. Right? Like if we actually went down the path of addressing your belief systems, the foods that you eat, the things that you're subjected to, and we really started to figure out where your identity is within that, chances are, this is speculation, you probably wouldn't choose to reassign your gender. You probably wouldn't adopt all of these 700 different uh, genders that exist, literally to the degree where some of them are like you're identifying with a certain gender based off of a type of band that you like. That doesn't even, like, that's just absurdity, right? And and, and any other way, I've really stuck with this one because it's the clearest one that's just the most obviously bothersome to me for obvious reasons. But it can literally apply in your life in any other area. Your health practices, your finances. And I say this to you, not as a perfect person. So I'm not judging you. Because the same thing that I say to you, I say to myself, I have to work really hard right now and I'm happy and scared and uncomfortable too, to work on better health practices for myself. 
because my gut and my brain aren't functioning cohesive right now. And I know that. So there's certain things that I am doing, protocols that I am taking right now to one, trial them on myself before I go and share them with everybody else, while also working up to the point of hiring Dr. Jacques and his team to better support me too. But right now, I need to be accountable to myself. And it's hard and it's challenging. But the idea of the outcome is way more rewarding. So let's stop inflating self-validation and false indoctrines and false prophecies under the context that we know what we're doing or that it is best, right? Like really let's do better. Okay, that's your challenge for this week is to go into your life and face your monster and start picking away at it one drawer at a time and really look at where you're not unified in your beliefs because if you want to find a purpose in life, you have to first clean up this energy. You have to clean up these energy leaks. You have to address them. No more money or this person saying, I'm sorry, or this person validating you or this person, um, or, or you getting that job or you finally having that successful business. None of that is ever going to actually help you until you clean up these energy leaks because you're going to carry them all with you. And it's going to create chaos and a mess in all these other things that you think are just going to solve your problem once you get there. And they're not. And it's why I'm so freaking passionate about making this podcast, making this YouTube video and putting this out in the world. Maybe nobody listens. Maybe I get slandered again for reasons that are not relevant to even things that I have said, maybe because of things that I've said, so be it. But at least I'm willing to have this conversation and hold myself accountable to it and say that if you're coming into my world, I'm going to hold you accountable to it because we need to be. We need to be holding each other accountable because not holding each other accountable looks like walking on eggshells and validating things that are not helpful and are harmful. And I know you don't want that. And I don't want that. And the world doesn't need that. If you actually want change in your life, in the world, you have to be willing to take a, a foot, a step forward into the land of uncomfortability to be able to create it, to experience it, to be a part of it, to be a movement of change. And that's what I am hoping to do here today. All right. I love you guys. Come and have a conversation with me in my DMs, right? Let's start this conversation. Whether you agree, whether you disagree, whether you loved it, whether you hated it, whatever it is, come and say hi. Come and start a conversation with me. Let's start this movement of change, of rebuilding the fabric of our society on truth. Society was literally built on God's truth. The Constitution, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, right? Specifically Canada and the US, um, for sure, was built off of God's law, right? So common law system, something that exists in almost every country in the world, is founded on God's law. So it exists in the fabric of our, our societies, in our um, laws, in our rules, in our ways of living, but yet we've come so far away from that because we didn't like it. Well, I'm sure a murderer wouldn't like to be held accountable for his murders too. And no, I'm not comparing you to a murder. I'm comparing the context, the idea <laughs> to in the same way. All right. 
I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I'm just sending you so much love and so many opportunities for awareness. Let them be as they need to be. And and maybe I'll actually just finish this off in a prayer. Dear God, I invite you to continue to show yourself in the eyes and the hearts and the ears of all of those who are willing to listen to you. Make it known to those who aren't that you are there, that you are pursuing them, and that you are trying to help them. Help those who seek your love and abide by your laws. Help them find the safety and the comfort and the bravery in you that they need in this chapter and season of their lives. Help them to find their identity, their identity in you, their identity in this life that you have designed for them. Help them find healing to their ailments and their sufferings. Help them to know that you are always there with them, even when you disagree with them, trying to course correct them. Help them to know that they need you. Help them to know that as they need you, that you are there. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I never thought I'd be that babbling Jesus person. I used to actually think it was super annoying. And now here I am. Things change. Life change. Identities change. You learn. You grow. You heal. And you just find that there's always a better way. All right. Take care, everyone. Before you go, I would love and appreciate so much if you could take a moment of your time to leave a five-star review. It helps me to be able to get this message out to so many more in the world. And I am so truly thankful that you choose this place to be every single week. Until next time, don't forget to find the magic in today.